Welcome to Enneagram Plus Yoga, a podcast for the body, heart, and mind. And we have Debbie Lewis back with us today. She is the author of Yoga Nine Ways. She is a yoga teacher and she also teaches yoga students and trains them to be yoga teachers. And so you might want to check out her website, Joy Flow Yoga, if you want to study with her because she does teach people who have an interest in both yoga and the Enneagram, whether you're seeking to do yoga school with her or have her as a coach, I would definitely check out her information. You can find that in the little bio section with our podcast, or you can Google her. She's the author of Yoga Nine Ways, which is a book about yoga and the Enneagram. And she was certified by the best of the best. So Don Rizzo and Russ Hudson certified her. And I just think you're really going to enjoy this time with her. She certainly is a wise philosophical Enneagram for. So we talked today about the tri-types. We'll answer your question about, well, what are the tri-types? We talk about who might be a famous person for each of the Enneagram types. And we just have a conversation about the Enneagram and yoga. It's really a great one. So let's get to it. My next question for you, Debbie, your teacher training, I know that you're leading 200 hour teacher training certifications. And before we started taping, we talked a little bit how it was offered on Zoom and then hybrid in person and Zoom. And then you mentioned you started doing some one-on-one work. So could you talk a little bit about that? And I know it's probably very unique. You're four. I wouldn't expect any less. So it is different and unique. And tell us all about it. Yay. Uh, well, it was about 2001. Um, Yoga Alliance had just gotten started. I was doing a teacher training in Arkansas, and um, that's how I met my main teachers, Eric Schiffman and Rod Stryker, or I guess my... Oh, wow. Was, You've studied with Rod Stryker? I am I, blown away. I've yes. done most of his 500-hour modules. And, wow. You know, that is yeah. that is incredible. I'm so impressed. Uh, thank you. Well, so so I go study with them, but I was already grandfathering in with the Yoga Alliance, and they helped me organize the teacher training because I needed help in my studio. I needed people, and there wasn't anybody around. Um, and of course, I wanted them to train to be trained like I liked them to be trained anyway. So, um, so I, I, you know, so I've been doing it ever since 2001 and it's kind of grown and evolved. And, you know, when I had a studio, it was easy. It's like you had to come to a certain number of classes and, um, or, or, or wherever you are, if you were driving in for the weekends, you know, I would be communicating with your teacher wherever, you know, wherever you were. Um, but, you know, we did it at the studio and then, um, after that, we, um, you know, I did it out of my house. We we got rid of all the furniture and turned it into kind of a living room yoga center. Um, then, uh, then, then when you know during COVID, we did it on Zoom, and you know I had um, we we still did weekends, but um, we kind of all got zoomed out. So what I'm doing now is each week I meet with each person individually. Uh, for a private session and 
either sometimes it's physical sometimes it's you know talking and going through the manual and going through the books and everything going through each topic at, at whatever their goals are and whatever their pace is and then we meet uh via zoom uh once a week uh to to mostly talk about something um and then I'm I'm working on a recorded recording session so that they can they'll have a library of stuff that's recorded. So I'm still kind of working on that. Like we were talking about technology, uh, trying to turn these courses so into cool. teachable. But I think it's so cool to have it to come back to because I remember from my notes from 200 and 300 hour, and you reflect on all of that difference. Uh, and the thing with notes, physical notes, like you want to find them by God bless, which box are they in, what corner of the closet, but to have it technologically available where you can come back to it and reflect on it and perhaps differently, it's super cool. I think that's brilliant. Exactly. And, you know, since I've studied different styles of yoga, I'm not beholden to any one style of yoga mm -hmm. or any one lineage. So, yes, it's eclectic. It's creative. Uh, my favorite thing to do is to compose a class based on people's needs. It's sort of I start painting a picture of the class in my head and and constructing it, um, you know, so that kind of that creative process of creating a, a, a class sequence to bring people somewhere, you know. Um, and of course, we do include Enneagram in the teacher training. And um and I'm working on taking my teacher training manual. I, they can't see this, but here's my teacher training manual that needs to be rewritten anyway. Um, I'm I'm re rewriting it. So it will be on Amazon. I don't know how soon. It's kind of my opus. So um, because I, I want it to be also served not only for teacher training, but to help people develop their own practice. Mm -hmm. Well, and I love it. You know, the the I think if you are seriously studying yoga, it's very important to, you know, learn the history, philosophy, and lineage is very important too. There's some that go to the very beginning, but I think a lot of people kind of get cornered into the lineage path and kind of get stuck in there. And yoga is so multifaceted. So to be able to blend it with you know, respect and admiration and appreciation for all, but not just limit yourself to one and be stuck there. So I'm a big fan. That's awesome. I think that's great. Uh, and, and, you know, when people ask me which, which one is correct, when my one students yeah. say, which one is correct? What, what is the way? What yeah. is the way? I, you know, sometimes, you know, if it's a safety issue, like, you know, your knees, Here's what I can tell you about that. But a lot of times it's like, whoa, okay. Um, what do you get out of doing it this way or this yeah. way? Because now I know, you know, like, um, you know, for example, Warrior One. Um, there's the Ashtanga way. There's the Iyengar yeah. way. There's the Anyasara way. There's the Vini Yoga way. And having studied all of those different ways, all of them are great. They yeah. have different attributes you know so what a beautiful way to look at it what a generous and inclusive way to look at it I think yoga a lot of times gets to be so you either here or you're not doing it right or it is you know it's 
you know, been modernized and it's not a real thing, but yoga is about yolking, about inclusion, about connecting. Right. And this is to me the way to connect. Yeah. So appreciate it all, try it all, love it all, may gravitate to one or the other, but every single one is right. Every single one is valid. Every single one is beautiful. Every single one is helpful and important. So yeah. And I do think different lineages are tend tend to reflect the type of the originator. For example, I think Mr. Iyengar is a one. Um, I had a chance to think I had this is alignment. Yes, I, I had a um, chance to talk to Judith Lassiter. She came and did a workshop with. Oh, love together. Judith! And, oh my gosh, I have her book. She and, is, and she agreed that she's a one. And I really, think most you of the think people, she's a one? That is crazy. The restorative queen. Yeah, that is so cool to know. So that's what she said. Um, and then um, I think others that, you know, are have sort of gone off the path of the Iyengar, you know, like Rodney Yee. I'm not sure what his type is, but it's not a one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, I haven't kind of gone around the whole circle and identified each each one evenly, but it's it's interesting to kind of look at the different styles of yoga. And I always tell people when whenever they say, oh, I tried yoga, it wasn't for me. I'm like, there's a yoga for everybody because it's really, it's, it's just about connecting. Yeah. And it's mm. not, you know, keep, keep looking. You'll find your teacher, your way to do it. Yeah. You know. Oh, that is so cool. We should have an episode on, gosh, I don't know. You know, I'm the first one to say, I think she's this, he is this, but all the teachers, like the foundational teachers and what we think, what their type is, that would be so interesting. It would be interesting. I know. It's kind of like, okay, on the other hand, uh, try to hold back and go, the only thing that's really important is that each person finds their own. Yes. And, you know, when I teach Enneagram, I'll go, well, here's some famous people that embody, you know, the type. But, you know, they mm -hmm. haven't all taken the test. We're just looking yeah. at them and going, okay, Sigourney Weaver, yeah, she's probably an eight. But this, yeah. this you know. <laughs> right. For example. Right. Like Desmond Tutu was probably a two. You know, he writes right. about love and forgiveness so often. Yeah. yeah we think, um, let's see. Gandhi's a one. Gandhi would be a one. What would be an example of a three that you guys can think of off the top of your head? Well, Tony Robbins would be, you know. Yes, it's a good example. <laughs> Definitely yeah. a good example of a three. Four, what would you think as a four is a good oh. example of a four? Oh, uh, you know, I, I, it's therapeutic for me to listen to Lennis Morissette. Uh, Johnny Depp's my favorite actor. Um, yes. you know, quirky, weird you know <laughs> right right what about five what's coming up for you guys with with famous um, people you might be five. Oh, scientists uh what's his uh you know um einstein einstein for sure yeah um, mm -hmm. who is it the car, car uh oh can't think of his name an astronomer <laughs> Okay, say Einstein may have been a four because he was so philosophical as well that he could have either been a five with a four wing or a four with a five wing. So yeah, yeah, I'm not sure about that one. <laughs> um, what about a six? Like if we're 
just thinking out loud about people who might who might be a six and we're just having fun and being curious we don't know anything for sure here yeah I've, I've had my list in front of me I would think of lots of names but I'm like okay draw blank oh six um a lot of talk show hosts yeah bitches are really good at questioning you know so just pick any talk show hosts are probably a six they're good at asking questions um they're curious they you know they have that sort of side looking you know it's like okay <laughs> yeah and I think a lot like the five six and seven are all pretty funny like the five kind of has yes. the dry wit and then the six can be really funny and the seven of course is pretty witty and and probably may have been class clown or something like that so I think those types tend to really have a lot of um I'm, I'm married to a six by the way oh, so, that's yeah, really it took cool. me a long time to figure it out because he doesn't want to have anything to do with Enneagram so I always called him my 10 <laughs> but um and he's not anxious appearing at all but he's very very organized and ready for any situation you know so he's got his systems and he's also funny <laughs> yeah are extremely funny they're hilarious yeah and I don't think a lot of people think of them as funny you think six just loyal prepared you know always waiting for the you know other shoot to drop they are hilarious yeah like I wonder like Seinfeld I, I don't know a few people like that are coming to mind that I think oh, I don't know they just could yeah. be a six but I don't I don't know that seven and then, and then this combination of six seven you know like um uh, Woody Allen made it a whole thing, you know, his anxiety, a thing. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Robin Williams, you know, probably. Yeah, that's a six. good example of a seven, but with a six wing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Robin Williams. I so, mean, I don't know. I don't know for sure because I don't know their, their motivations and their fears, but I think it's, it can be fun to, to do this with celebrities and just to kind of wonder yeah. out loud. What about eights? You guys have any thoughts? Um, let's see. Uh, um, pink. Yeah. Pink is a great example. And I think people often say Martin Luther King was probably an eight, although some people would say one. But I, I think more of an eight. He was a protector. He was strong. He um, A lot of leaders. Leader. In fact, Gorgeff, mm -hmm. who really brought Enneagram into, into focus and, you know, in recent history is he was an yeah. eight. So a lot of leaders. An eight. that's cool yeah. yeah and I think for nines who always comes to my mind is Thich Nhat Hanh the Buddhist monk yeah um he's just like an example of course he he died a little over a year ago but he's an example of somebody who just had that nine energy and just yeah um, emanated peace and you, but, you know both my parents are nines so oh, yeah. um, so, you know, and, and I'm the oldest of five kids. And th this is what I tell people when they say, well, is it biological? I'm like, no, no, it's a soul thing, you know, um, yeah. because only, yeah, none of, none of us five kids are nines, but our parents were. And so what that means is they never dealt with anything. So, you know, I never saw anger. It's all peaceful harmony until it wasn't. Um, but, mm -hmm. you know, both my parents were, philosophers um healers you know my dad's a preacher and a counselor you know and my mom's a nurse and a healing touch practitioner you know mm -hmm. energy work mm -hmm. and you know 
Yeah, I think my dad was the nine. So, um, <laughs> I, you know, I'm not for sure he's deceased, but I, but when I think about his energy, he had a lot of just peaceful and people would say he was so easy to be a, around, but he also had a lot of six energy and he was a worry wart and he also <laughs> had a three and he could be a workaholic. So, I mean, you, you just You're start to see man. those arrows and maybe a one wing, but it is, um, I find it comforting to think about what the people who have gone before us may have been. I feel like that's been really healing to kind of be curious about that and wonder, and it helps me to understand my dad better. So um, I like this kind of imagining. I mean, I think it's very important as Enneagram teachers to never tell somebody what they are, but to be curious and to wonder, I think that can be a good spiritual yeah. practice. I find it it's helpful to say, well, have you thought about this? Or yeah. have you noticed that? Or yeah. what do you think about this person? And how do you think you might be similar? You know, yeah. people to thinking. Yeah, like what energies do you see in your mom? Mm -hmm. Like now that you know the Enneagram, you might ask a client, well, which of the nine energies do you see in them? So that way you're not necessarily just, you know, right. trying to to put them in a box that you're starting to notice all the different right. energies and how that might, um, how you might bump up against that or how that might have actually impacted right. you in a positive way. So I, and I it's, really, and it's a way to be more accurate too. If when you focus on the lenses, which is also mm -hmm. called passions, um, instead of the behavior, because a lot of times people will, you know, go, well, I'm organized. I'm this, I'm that, I'm, you know, and they'll, they'll latch onto a type which isn't accurate and yeah. as a teacher of it. And I'm kind of like going, I, that doesn't sit. I don't know, but I'm not going to tell you you're wrong because I might be wrong. Um, yeah. But, but when, when we focus on, and that's another way that Enneagram and yoga go well together because mm -hmm. in yoga, you're cultivating the observer within that mm -hmm. observing what, what, what kind of flavor are all those thoughts jumbling around you know, do they fit one of those nine patterns? And you have to yeah. be able to meditate to know, really, you know, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I do think that that's something that yoga and the Enneagram have in common is that we are kind of cultivating, like you said, that observer's mind. And, um, and we're also wanting to kind of notice our body in both and notice mm -hmm. our heart space in both. Um, and so I think that there, are, there's a lot of similarities between yoga and the Enneagram. Yeah. Any others that you can think of that are important for us to talk about today? Well, I was, I was going to mention when, um, when I found out y'all were do, into Enneagram and yoga, you know, being a four, I thought that was a special thing, you know, it's like this unique thing. And I was like, oh man, <laughs> other people are doing this too, but, but <laughs> You had the corner on the market first, though. I will say that you were, you were a pioneer with yoga and the Enneagram. So we may have found our way to it as well, but um, you were there first. But the so reality of it is it's, it's so wonderful that, you know, may more people, may yeah. more people practice both both things. It is. Yeah. But, but I love your humor about the Enneagram for like, wait a minute. That's my thing. I was the only one. <laughs> That's really great. <laughs>
Well, I know that um, you have some experiential classes that you're offering online, um, and it's called the Experiential Enneagram. Do you want to tell our listeners a little bit more about that? Well, I'm just beginning to kind of contact. Um, I, um, I've, I've generally not done it online. I've generally done it in yoga studios or yeah. any retreat centers. And okay. so now, now that the studios are starting to thrive again, I'm, I'm in the middle of contacting some of the ones that I've done workshops with. Yeah. Um, so uh, I would consider doing one online. I just got to get my technology dots in a row. And yeah. so, you know, if somebody's interested in doing that um, online, I'd love to hear from them and we'll, you know, that could happen. Um, but I do go, you know, to, to various studios and um, I've been doing more local stuff, like, you know, within two hours drive in, around Mississippi. But um, a while back, I did go to Greece for a week and taught a whole mm -hmm. retreat. So um, the, what I, and I call it experiential Enneagram because it's it's not just learning the Enneagram. We do yoga classes for each center we, you know, we do, um, and even sacred dances. So I, so I pull out all the things we get all our, we get our tiaras and our scarves out and dance. We laugh. Uh, we do different pranayamas. Um, uh, so different breathing techniques for each type. Um, you know, different walking meditations. And it's really nice if you're in Greece, but you know, still, <laughs> I bet, that, I bet that was really great but yeah so if somebody wanted to bring you to their yoga studio um they would just reach out to you yeah, yeah. I love all that. you need is a group of people that want me to come and I'll come that so. <laughs> so the experiential Enneagram and and even if they wanted you to do it virtually um they could yeah. contact you about that that's awesome yeah. if somebody well, wants to make it part of their teacher training you know I can I've done that a little bit, you know, we've, they've zoomed me in, you know. That's so. wonderful. So is there anything else that you would like to say about the Enneagram yoga, or even to brag on yourself? We, this is that time <laughs> in our podcast where we like um, our guests to brag on themselves, share something about yourself, anything. Uh. You know, fours are really good at, um, eventually, they might wallow a little bit, but they're really good at reframing, re, re, recreating themselves. So I'm still standing. <laughs> More to come. Um, and um, to, you know, to find what is meaningful to do in life, I think is really empowering. And, you know, I'm 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 not satisfied with a desk job nine to five. Nope. Mm. I would probably die. <laughs> yeah. That creator yep. in you, like so you I'm said. I'm very grateful. Yeah. 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 The fours would be so bored with the most fours. There are a few who can do that, but most fours would be very bored with a nine to five job. And like you said, they're good at recreating themselves that, you yeah. know finding the beauty and creative energy in the world to do what they want to do so that it's not boring um right. and so that they can be the creators that they are the artists that they are yeah yeah and so finding those avenues in which I can do that it's really um you know wonderful um and not trying to fit myself into a practical box you know mm -hmm. sometimes that's challenging 
these days. Yeah. But, you know. That, that can be challenging. What are your three highest numbers? Have you looked at that before? I have, yeah, the, the tri-type whole thing. At first I resisted the whole tri-type idea that, there, yeah. that there, you have three. Um, but yeah. then as I studied it, you know, Catherine Favre, um, her work yeah. is as that within each center, head, heart, gut, we have a, a way of being. So mm-hmm. um, you can probably guess, um, four seven nine okay i i would have said four and seven i don't know that i would have guessed the nine but um that that makes sense yeah and i'm i'm two nine seven so similar okay so you share the nine and seven yeah Yeah. i can avoid with the best of nines and i can become passive aggressive and also just that focus on joy and lightness not only do i see it as therapeutic for being before but um i can go there so i think i'm probably maybe a lighter sunnier four than uh, but i'm also social energy so you know i'm really good at um except for falling down but i'm really good at sort of um you know smiling it away <laughs> so your subtype is social Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, so if people want to, to look up, um, the tri-type, um, Catherine Fav, how do you say her last name? Catherine? Fav, I think. Fav, I think that's right. Yeah. Okay. And so you look up tri-types and what Debbie was saying is that it's your highest number in each of the triads. So in the heart triad, in the body triad, and in the thinking triad you're looking for your highest number in each one of those and so that makes up your tri-type and that that can also point you to some of your work because um, if you're high in seven energy um, that might be something to look at or if you're high in the nine and you're a people pleaser so our dominant ego number is our primary work, but there can be other things that we can start right. to look at as we delve deeper into the Enneagram. And so, yeah, I find the tri-type to be helpful as well. So, yeah, um, it, it, at first I thought, well, you're spread it out. Not only do you have your wings and your lines, um, but then the tri-type adds more, but it, it's a different flavor. It just kind of, yeah. I mean, it, it accounts for why each of us is unique, really. Yeah. Um, and we have all these different parts in us. And I think it's important to be aware of them and to do our work with all the different parts. It's kind of like internal family systems theory talks about the different parts mm-hmm. that each of us have. And this is just another way of saying, you know, there really is a lot of different types of energies within us. And can we look at all of these and work on them? And I, so I like the tri-type for that reason. It gives us kind of one more layer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> to explore um which is nice and that's that's the beauty of yoga and the enneagram right is it's just we keep delving into these layers of the onion and peeling back and, and hopefully finding our true self and and taking away that mask that we all tend to want to wear exactly yeah Anything else about you? You're a four, so anything unique or different or fun <laughs> that you want to share? Oh, gosh, I don't know. We've covered lots of things. And I, I feel I so seen and understood. Yeah. 
good. I think that's the bottom line. Fours want to be seen and understood. And if we're not, um, you know, if you're not self-aware or healthy, then a four will do whatever it takes to be seen and understood, even if it's cutting off their ear, you know, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. Even yeah. if it's destructive. So yeah, we can we can be dark and pitiful. Um, yeah. So have some compassion for the fours in your life that you think, gosh, you know, how, how, how on earth can you, how can we <laughs> save you from yourself here? Um, but, you know, th- thank you. Um, just being, because fours do have a, um, a unique way of seeing things and a voice, and which can often solve some problems in the world, I think, or at least yeah. you know, lighten up, help others support others. And in the yoga therapy, I do appreciate being able to do that because, um, uh, you know, they always say fours are like, they go to the masquerade ball and everybody's wearing a mask, but fours don't know how to put on a mask. Um, so they think they're defective. And, um, and so, you know, I know this is, sounds crazy, but when I work with somebody one-on-one, especially somebody who seems to have it all together, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I'm thinking, how can I possibly help you? You, you, you know, you've, you've got your shit together, you know, and, but to find that everybody's got their stuff mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they might just be better at putting a mask on. Yeah. Um, is, I love that. It's healing, you know? Yeah. That the four is authentic and they are more of their true self. So they don't really have the mask on and then they feel pretty different and isolated and lonely and like a misfit because of that um and yet that that's one of their gifts is to keep telling the rest of us take the mask off be your true self um Kat and I had coffee with another friend today and we were just sharing all of the hard stuff of life instead of wearing the mask and we all kind of said how liberating that felt to just kind of not have our mask on and to share what was really hard in our life. And I think that, like you said earlier, how when you're working with your therapy clients, uh, you're the type that's more prone to cry with them. I think that's the beautiful thing about a forest because they just do bring their feelings and they bring their true self and they can kind of crawl into that dark hole with you. Right. And I think the rest of us sometimes want to, I know me as a two, I want to remain stoic and be like the consummate professional and not have the tears. And actually there's um, a danger in that is that yeah. I've got it together. I'm here to help you. And I'm not going to right, sit with you in the pain. I'm just going to be like there, there. Um, that that's not that's not necessarily going to be healing. And so I think that a two has a lot to learn from a four to learn how to just be authentic and and right. fill those tears if you're with somebody in pain. And I think yeah. that I and think not, that's and I don't carry it with me. I don't take it home with me either. Yeah. So yeah. and I think that maybe that's a four gift. I guess because um, you know yeah. I got my own, and when I go back I'll deal with my I'll I'll deal with my own because that's what I do um but you know so it 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 gives me that I guess the ability that um that twos would have a hard time doing of diving deep with somebody yeah 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 I love that so lots to learn from a four um it's always my four friends that I call 
when life is really hard. So I love, I love Florence <laughs> and I love how they bring out the best in me as a two. Um, so thank you. Uh, we, we have so enjoyed this time with you, Debbie. Oh, you, same here. Thank you. <laughs> mm. Love you both. <laughs> same here. Same here. And I hope we get to connect again in some way because this has been really fun. It's always fun to have uh, conversations with people who love the Enneagram and yoga. It's rare and it's special. So thank yeah. you. And we can learn more depths than, than just the surface stuff as we get to know, you know. Yes. All the layers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. After the short word from our sponsor, please join us for a meditative moment. Every Enneagram Plus Yoga podcast ends with either a meditation or some meditative thoughts. And today I just want to say that Enneagram 4s, are so good for me. So I have a lot of friends like Debbie who help me to go to that introspective place, who encourage me to share my feelings, to find time for stillness and silence. And this past week, I was just taking some time to sit outside and be grounded. And I was definitely that too, going to the four. And I wrote this short poem that I wanted to share with you. Did you notice the tree's deep roots in the earth? Did you see the clouds moving with ease? Did you hear the bird finding its song? Did you experience the wonder of your toddler's hug? Did you observe the gift of your inhale and exhale? Did you remember you are here to bear witness to it all? Did you feel the wind on your face nudging you to pay attention? The oh-so-soft call of the divine gently whispers, be grounded, live with ease, find your song, touch life, cherish this moment. Be a sacred witness to it all. And maybe bring hands to your heart in prayer. Namaste. Namaste.